You're listening to Al Pastor, the show that helps you love God, love your neighbor, and eat more tacos. I'm your host, Pastor Brian. Welcome to the show. Well, hello. I want to welcome you today to our show. We're going to be going over 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 12 through 21. And I have in studio today a guest, a guest host. Do you want to introduce yourself or do you want me to introduce you? Uh, I'd like to hear what you have to say. Well, I want to introduce Matthias, Matthias, Matthew, Matt, look. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad that you're on. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about the... Uh, little bit about the word, but first, we got to talk about tacos. Is that all right? Tacos is a good, good all subject. Right. So you're going to need to describe your favorite taco. Like, I, I want details on your right. taco. Well, hopefully I don't get kicked out of the studio, but uh, uh, I do enjoy tacos. Um, my favorite taco is plain and simple, corn tortillas, mm -hmm. the meat, asada preferably, onion, cilantro, salsa, and some citrus. Okay. It doesn't matter. Limes and lemon. What kind of salsa, though? I prefer not the super spicy red, but I like the red hot sauce, like scratch salsa. Cool. Well, I, I like your taco, so here's what you're going to get. You're going to get the Al Pastor air horn. Well, I'm not finished. Oh, okay. Keep going. Keep I going. I must say, Let, I, I am actually more of a, a burrito person. Oh, no. I know. No, no. That's why I'm going to get kicked out of studio. Oh, my word. This is not good. All right, keep going. You're, yeah. you're, you're digging your grave here. I know. Me and my, uh, my buddy, Pastor Brent, we would hit burrito shops all up and down California to find the perfect burrito. And he found one down in San Diego called Alberto's, and they have the California burrito, mm -hmm. the asada, fries, pico de gallo, sour cream, cheese, the spot. Now, that I, is our I, burrito. I, I, I like burritos, but here's the thing. We're on Al Pastor. We, we, we cannot talk about burritos. <sighs> so I don't know if I can give you the air horn, but I, I, I might. Uh, but I did like your uh, breakfast taco from the other day. That was, okay. I do like breakfast tacos. <laughs> there we go. We got something going on there. No, I love breakfast tacos. If I had to choose, it would be scrambled eggs. Melted cheese, bacon, and then just some good old dirty salsa, red, green, and oh. But beautiful. here's the thing. I don't even know if you can qualify that as a taco because it's more of a open-faced burrito. So see, we can find mm -hmm. common ground there. <laughs> Tortilla and meat is always a common ground. Oh, well, I do, I do like flour. That's my weakness. But on keto, it's sort of like uh, I got to find these low-carb tortillas, and uh, that's a... Well, it's not hard anymore. It used to be hard. Mm. Now you can find them just about anywhere. So, well, we like your taco. So I'm going to recap. So it was corn, asada, and salsa, onion, cilantro. Simple, the basic. Mm. Yep, I like that because I know I can eat a lot of them. Yes. Oh, man. Well, welcome to the show. I'm glad that you're on. Thank you. We are going to go over Second Peter. Just make sure I've got everything on here. 12 through 21. Now, I've got some things that I thought were awesome. Um, what about you? Do you you want me to start? Do you want to start? How are you feeling? Um, I'll go ahead and start. Okay. There's um, something that 
that stood out to me with reading, um, especially verse 12 and 13, is like ah. Peter, uh, to me, he also, you remind me a lot of Peter. Mm. Um, you can take that as you will, but <laughs> <laughs> just the way you, like he said, even though in verse 12, even though we, let me read it from uh, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Yes. The past year, you know, or so, you've been hitting hard. Like, we should be knowing mm-hmm. things. We should be studying things. And you are diligently, you know, yeah. preaching that from the pulpit. We need to get in, get back to the basics, get back mm-hmm. into the Word, and be that, you know, out of out of love from the pulpit, you're hitting us hard with that. And, uh. and not a lot of... Uh, Preachers these days, uh, for sure, are willing to do that. Well, I really, really that appreciate out. that. I appreciate that. And I think uh, it's kind of crazy because you and I, we didn't talk, right? We didn't even go over any of this. Right. These are the two verses that I wanted to go over as well um, because this is such a, such a big deal. Now, I'm going to speak your love language just a little bit because right. you, I know you like, you. do you like baseball more than football? I do. Okay. I thought so. So let me see if I have have this pulled up. Well, I got it in my notes. So your love language is baseball, but in football, everybody knows about Vince Lombardi, right? And so he was one of the uh, that. In fact, that's what everybody um, works for for the Super Bowl, the Vince Lombardi Trophy. Yeah. So every year, this is the story. Have you ever heard this before? He would, how so. he would start. So he uh, here. I'll just I'll read a little bit. This is how he would start off each season. He would say, "Gentlemen, this is a football. This is the uh, this is one of the most famous and often used sports quotes in history. However, don't most don't know its real history or how to apply it to their businesses or lives. Today, we're going to try to apply this spiritually." In July 1961, Vince Lombardi kicked off the first day of training camp for the 38 players of his Green Bay Packers football team. The prior season had ended in a heartbreaking loss to the Philadelphia Eagles after blowing a lead in the fourth quarter of the NFL championship game. When the players came in to start training camp, they expected to immediately begin where they left off and work on ways to advance their game and learn fancy new ways to win the championship in the new season. When they sat down and began, Vince Lombardi held up a football and said, gentlemen, this is a football. He then, he then had everyone open up their playbooks and start on page one where they had begun to learn the fundamentals, blocking, tackling, throwing, catching. That was clearly not what they expected as players who were at the top of their game. This hyper-focus on the fundamentals allowed them to win the NFL championship that season, 37-0 against the New York Giants. Vince Lombardi went on to win five NFL championships in seven years, He never coached a team with a losing season after that, and he never lost a playoff game. And focusing on fundamentals, if focusing on fundamentals can elevate a great team to such heights, imagine what it can do for your business and life. We're often putting time, energy, and money into looking for the next magic bullet, quick fix, or business trick. Instead, we should focus on the fundamentals and so here's the thing. I think that this is what Peter is really focusing on. So let's read verse 12 and 13. He says, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though, uh, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it's right, as long as I'm in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you. 
So Peter's doing this in the face of death. Like, I mean, he knows that he is about to die. This is going to be it. And the things that he's going to remind them of really are the fundamentals of the faith. I mean, this is what he's already framed in in, in the first uh, eleven verses of chapter one, um, just on the the what we would call like the majesty, the splendor, the holiness of who Jesus is, that he is coming back, and then. What also amazes me in the face of all the false teaching that he's going to like, I mean, Peter's going to pull out the baseball bat and like hit these dudes over the head with it mm-hmm. because they're just heretics. The The antidote to that is the fundamentals, right. you know, and it's crazy. Yeah, it's definitely one thing I always, when I'm coaching baseball, I always remind the kids like, catch the ball first. You can't do anything <laughs> until you catch the ball. Because you always see them, you know, trying to throw it before they catch it, and mm-hmm. they, they miss it, they drop it, the ball goes past them, you know, just, just basic. Yeah. Catch the ball first. Yeah. And then once you get the fundamentals down, you can then venture off into, you know, more advanced right. advanced things. Uh, do you watch soccer at all? I actually watched the U.S. versus U.K. game. Okay. But I do not generally watch soccer. Okay. So, Marcia, it's in her blood. It's like part of her DNA. Uh, she won't watch soccer, but unless it's every four years, right? So mm-hmm. we had to watch on Thanksgiving. It was Brazil versus, I don't even know who they played. I, it doesn't matter. But we were watching the game, and it was so boring. Yes. But this, there was this soccer player. He caught, he caught the soccer ball, bounced it off his chest. It went straight up into the air, and he did like a capoeira backflip and scored a goal. It was like the greatest thing I've ever seen. And so Marcia and I, we were talking then, and we're like, this this guy has dedicated his entire life. He ha- he has the fundamentals down, but it allowed him to be able to, in that moment, to really do that amazing, difficult thing. And yeah, Brazilians are dramatic, so of course they're going to do a backflip. And now the dude's like famous. If you haven't seen it, you got it. I believe I saw that replay. Oh yeah. man, he he gained like a million followers on social media. And so um, I think what, the reason I'm bringing that up and I want to extract that is because um, we, we've got to be solid on these things, on our fundamentals. And then, yeah, there will be times when things will be yeah. easier, like it'll just come second nature. Um, a couple of things that I'm going to just kind of go over, and I thought this was helpful because it lines up exactly with what we're saying, and this is called the Life Application a Bible commentary. It's a very, what we call, entry level. Um, it says, because of the glories uh, awaiting the believers, Peter intended to keep on reminding them not to allow their salvation to become a license for immoral living, that's strong, nor to rest content in knowledge of the gospel without obeying it and applying it to their lives. So this is big. We, we've got to do more than just know we're not after just knowledge. I tell this to know all the time. We're not trying to win Bible Jeopardy. We want it. We want our hearts to be there. Mm-hmm. The times were difficult. Persecution was increasing from without. False teachers were spewing evil doctrine from within. He encouraged the believers to continue to stand firm on the basics of their faith, to continue to remind themselves of these truths, and to reestablish themselves in the truth they had already been taught. This is what reminded me of Lombardi. He goes on, he says, Outstanding coaches constantly review the basics of the sport with their teams, and good athletes can execute the fundamentals consistently well. Believers must not neglect the basics of their faith, 
even as they go on to study deeper truths. Just as an athlete needs to constantly practice, Christians need to need constant reminders of the fundamentals of our faith and how we came to believe in the first place. Don't allow yourself to be bored or impatient with messages on the basics of the Christian life. Instead, take the attitude of an athlete who continues to practice and refine basics. So I'm thinking of, uh, I'm also thinking of, of uh, Zach. I know how much Zach likes basketball. And um, I saw a highlight from a clip. Um, I don't, I, so I stopped watching football. And mm. I stopped it because of the time that it was taking. Like, I'm a, uh, I'm a very unbalanced individual. Like, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, man. Like, it's it, it's like, if I'm all in, I'm all in. So when I'm, if I'm watching football, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up in the morning and I'm going to research everything. But anyway, I do like basketball. So um, I watch a little here and there and I'll watch some highlights. But f- uh, basketball doesn't, wouldn't captivate me to the extent football mm-hmm. does. I don't know why. But anyway, so I watched the other night. I guess LeBron James was, um, him and uh, Westbrook did this alley-oop. And it was a double alley-oop, which is rare. So mm-hmm. he alley-ooped it to Westbrook. Westbrook caught it in the air and then re-alley-ooped it back to LeBron. They were like, how are you able to do that? And his answer was, man, we just work on, we work on the fundamentals. We, we put in the work, we put in the time. And it was the same, it was the same answer. And it's like, wow, that is, that is just incredible. So, um, I think our biggest takeaway for today for simplicity's sake is Let's remember the basics. Okay. Let's remember the basics of the gospel. Remember how we got here, why we're here. And there's some other cool stuff in here. Anything else you want to add into this? On that part, no. I'm Okay. Yes. Do you have anything else in this that you want to hit or talk? There was on, on verse 16. I was going to ask you about it. Um, oh. It says, for we did not follow cunningly devised fables. fables. When we have known you, the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we are witnesses of the majesty um, for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I, would, I believe that's talking about um, the first coming. Correct. Okay. Correct. And it, I think it's cool, you know, going on further as we're reading on Peter talks about, you know, they were all there for it. They, you know, missed and all. Mm-hmm. I don't know how far you want to get into this, but... Um, just bring just it's cool hearing them say stuff like this. You know, like obviously this stuff isn't these aren't lies, these aren't just made up stories. Yeah. We were there for it. Yeah. We saw everything happening. We heard a voice from God from the mm-hmm. heavens. Like Yeah. No, no you're what. you're absolutely right. And that is the power of the coming. That's the first one. And then Peter's also gonna tie that in later to the second coming, which is gonna be even more cool. Here's something cool that I don't think I don't think most people will notice. I certainly have not noticed it, but I did notice it on this passing of Peter, meaning I've read Peter before and I've never caught this. Peter, if we look at verse 17, he's referencing back to an experience that he had, which is on the Mount of Transfiguration. So verse 18, when we heard this voice, which came from heaven, when we were with him on the holy mountain. So Peter's remembering, there was only three of them, Peter, James, and John. I hope I'm hope that's the three. If I'm not, don't crucify me. So they were on the Mount Transfiguration. They saw Jesus, you know, shining, and Moses and Elijah were there. And he 
he remembers that. He's talking about light shining in a dark place. And then let's see. Let me see how, how I connected this. Wow, I did not highlight this the way I thought. Oh, here it is. Verse 14. And if you're at home, I'm, I'm trying to guide you there. Verse 14. Peter says, knowing shortly that I must put off my tent just as the Lord Jesus Christ showed me. And verse 15, Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. This word right here, decease, is I'm going to show you. Those of you at home, I know you cannot see, but here it is, Matt. Do you see that word there? Yeah. It says exodus. It's a unique word. It's only used a couple of times. Jesus used this word on the Mount of Transfigurations. It's found in, in Luke 9. And Luke's account of the transfiguration is unique because he uses this word. Jesus says, I'm talking about my exodus, meaning I'm coming out, I'm being delivered from this world, and I'm crossing over uh, prophetically into the promised land. Peter uses the exact same word, which would not be the normal word for your, your departure, death, exodus. So I think that it's awesome that Peter Peter was there. So you, you hit on that. Peter was there. He saw it. He was an eyewitness. And these are not, these are not fables. Yep. Part, part of what the other people are going around spreading is just false, false, uh, false teachings. So anything else in this we we should hit? Uh, no, those were a couple of things that okay. I picked up on. So, so um, for those of you at home that are listening, there's a, there is a lot, but we're listen. We're <laughs> we're I, I'm trying to be good because I'm like, man, we got to keep this live. But I will. I'm going to point something out. If you study or you decide to study this out, look at verse 19, the morning star. What is Peter meaning when he says? The morning star rises. And the reason why that's important is because that word sometimes is used for Satan. And if I go in there, I don't want to say a whole lot about it, but it means Lucifer. But it doesn't mean it is Lucifer, but Peter's using it in a different way because Lucifer wants to be a morning star. So we'll save that for a Bible study if you're interested in it. Well, if you have any questions, comments, insights, or anything you guys want to go over, please let us know. Matt, thank you so much for being on today. Thank I you, hope sir. you I hope you'll come back. Was it absolutely pretty smooth, right? Like I thought it was smooth besides our little hiccups. So we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Al Pastor with Brian Overturf. If you found value in this, please subscribe and get updates. Most places podcasts are available. We're right here on Anchor FM through Spotify. Also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. I hope you'll tune in for the next episode. Until then, we'll see you later. <laughs>